On today's show, joined by special guest Jake Kemp to break down the Dallas Mavericks versus Utah Jazz series. Mavs, are they moving on? Are we all getting ahead of ourselves? What's going on with Jalen Brunson and the Dallas Mavericks? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show, see our smiling, beautiful faces, and you can comment below. Comment anything. Comment below. Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, uh, at Mavs.com, the guest guru, one more thing, King, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, I'm excited today. We have Jake. He's back. What Jake, up? If if Nick and I were, um, if we were Jerry and Steven, and I'm trying to think, who makes the best decisions? of Who made the decision for Taco? And who made the decision for Micah Parsons? Ooh, yeah. That's a <laughs> tough one. I'm going to say you're both Will McClay. <laughs> oh okay making good choices yeah but like you don't need the credit you know yeah just don't sit, need the sit credit. behind the scenes Dude, that intro gets me so hyped like hearing that live <laughs> and being on i'm like this is like i feel like i'm on cnn like i'm hearing the <laughs> like the or like the nbc meet the press theme and i'm like i watch this every week and now i get to hear it sitting here it's like, hey, it's yo, here, I am, here i am live on the field and we are going to be talking about the, the, the dallas Mavericks. The first time uh, we had a big win and Nick let the music play and he just like casually is like, let it ride. And I was like, all right. The first time I was like, that's kind of corny, probably. And now <laughs> like people will, will like tweet at us, DM us, everybody, let it ride. No, Tell no. us at the game. No, so I last it. night at the game told it, like, you better let the music ride tomorrow. I was like, oh my gosh. God. People in person are telling me this now. Uh, but it's because right now, I mean, like great vibes now. It's great vibes. Like the great vibes, vibes are great. Vibes. Yeah, great vibes, no sensational vibes. And like the vibes are immaculate. <laughs> I still can't get over that drop. Uh not edited. Uh the vibes are immaculate. The Mavs are up three two in the series. Jake, what has surprised you the most about this Mavericks team in the series that they're in right now, especially not having Luca for the first three games? I mean, I think the thing that would have to be the most surprising is is mainly just Jalen stepping up on the playoff stage you know it shouldn't there's really none of this is that surprising I mean they were a solid to very good defensive team during the year took a little bit of a step back after the KP trade but I think we all thought they had this sort of defensive effort in them um maybe not to this degree against the Utah team that was number one you know in offensive rating during the year but I don't know how you can look at the fact that a dude played 11 minutes in a deciding game seven one year ago and is now, you know, was was keeping them in it in game one, was able to help them win game two, and is now probably been one of the six or seven best players in the NBA postseason. So even if we all believed that he could do it, I don't know how you wouldn't say that's a bit surprising. And probably, you know, at some point, there's probably a conversation to be had about like going back and watching last year's Clippers series and being like, did it really have to be that way? Like, mm. I know Nick Batum's out there and they're saying that he's getting bullied around and Harala Bob's firing off on Twitter, but. <laughs> I don't know. He's better than he was last year, but is he like this much better? And is the matchup that much different to where he was playing 10, 12 minutes a game against the Clippers? And now he's out there for 32 minutes a game, putting up 20 plus with like a 4 1 turnover to us or assisted turnover ratio. Like, 
it's crazy how far we've come in 363 days. Yeah, it's the it's the Chris Porzingis case. He's like, hey, I'm not this bad, right? Like in the right. playoffs last year, it's like I'm not this bad. He's just, I'm just being used wrong. And so I wonder if that uh, I listened to, to Locked On Jazz, like I know many of you did listening right now, because <laughs> I saw all of you in the comment section commenting, "Go Mavs." Um, but he was going through the list of all the small guards. He was going through like Mike Conley and Mitchell that are struggling in the mid range, struggling to get their shots off. And he's like, yeah, all these guys are struggling. Look at Morant. Look at all these guys, except for Brunson, except Brunson. It's like every <laughs> single number he went through was except Brunson. Isaac, do we think that this is Brunson just taking this huge leap forward or did he have them? He, he had this in him even last year, just being used in a different way. I think it's, I think it could be a combination of both. I, I think he, I think he did take a step forward, but I think there is something. You look at his shot attempts last year. In seven games, he had 44 shot attempts. And now through five games, he's had 109, which is just like wild to like think about that way. You know, it like Jake said, you know, he, he averaged eight points in, in the series last year. He's averaging 28 in this series, 16 minutes a game last year in that Clippers series, 38 minutes in this series. It's just a whole different, a whole different role for him. But I, I do think he's gotten better. And I I'm kind of thinking like did he was there something in those first three games without Luca that he's like looking at it saying, Hey, I, I did this, I did this on the biggest stage without Luca. That now we're, we're, we're gonna talk about this McMahon article, you know, with uh, you know, with Pops there giving some fiery quotes. But I, I just wonder, I we hear everything that he wants to be in Dallas, but did, did those first three games do anything for Brunson's thinking of, Oh, maybe I'm even better than what I thought? Uh, it's, it's so hard to separate the dad from, from Brunson in that piece, right? Like there's just yeah. so incredibly different. You talked to Brunson after game five and I, I said yesterday, it's like, you couldn't even tell that they had won the game. And then you talked to, to Rick Brunson in that piece and he's like, oh yeah, no discount. That's almost like, it's almost like he has like different voices on his shoulder. Rick Brunson's like, oh yeah, we're taking no discount. He took the Chandler Parsons approach to it. And this, it, it seems like what Rick Brunson is doing, but Without screaming at Cuban from a two hundred thousand dollar call, do we do we know that Rick up? Brunson hasn't done that yet? <laughs> That's actually a good point. You know, <laughs> I think the biggest thing, you know, before we get to the the McMahon piece and we can transition whenever you guys want, is just to me this played out perfectly. Where, you know, there's no better way for you to fully exercise last year's playoff demons if you're Jalen Brunson than doing it without Luca. Like that mm. can only help. You know, his his price was already not going to be yesterday's price, right? Like. We saw where this was headed. We know what happens in free agency, uh, especially if you know you're you know his age and you've gotten better every year. So to me, I don't look at that as a negative at all, or like that he's looking at that sideways. I think he looks at it and and they look at it and say, Dude, we got the highest usage player in the NBA, the guy who averages the second most drives in the NBA, and Luca. He's going to miss some time every now and then. He's not going to be 100 percent all the time. Now we know that this guy can do it on the biggest stage which would have been huge even if he was a, a, a factor last playoffs. But he was a zero. He was a net negative, basically. And then it happened through two and a half games in this series. So, man, I don't know. It's huge, huge, huge. It's, it's wild when you look at that Villanova team and you look at all the players that went above him in that draft that, you know, obviously Mikael Bridges went over him. Dante went over him. I think Amari Spellman, if I don't even think he's in the Ooh. league anymore, went Ooh. over him. I think that was it. And then, you know, he goes in the first to second round there. And now he's probably going to make more than what Mikel is making in, in Phoenix that, 
it's just ironic because he had the big, the best resume out of all of them. Then the draft happens and he goes later than all of them. And now he's probably going to be making more money than all of them. And when, and I, I freaking love Mikel Bridges. So we might be seeing more of Mikel Bridges coming up soon. Yes. Bellman wanted the 30th pick in that draft. Wow. Okay. A little bit ahead. Oof. Just a little bit. Just, just right there. Uh, do we think that it is it is anything about matchup? Because we've only seen, I mean, we were we kept waiting for Brunson in the playoffs, Brunson in the playoffs. And now we've only seen him against one matchup, this Utah Jazz team that has not, you know, had the best perimeter defense and the Mavs have been able to figure them out. It's definitely different than a Clippers team. We kept talking about how, well, we've only seen this Mavs team play against the Clippers. Now, is it only against the Utah Jazz? Jake, how much is matchup do you think played into the hand of Jalen Brunson, especially in this this first like three games or so? I mean, I think it's it is a pretty big deal, and I do think it's obviously the the ultimate compare contrast contrast uh, from the Clippers series. But I also think as a player gets better, and they're playing with Luca, you know, like I would be interested to see how many of his Clippers minutes were actually with Luca. You know, if he's going to be playing the bulk of his minutes with Luca, and heck, even for that matter, with Dinwiddie, then his role is different than it was last time around. Mm-hmm. Whenever he was played off the floor in a matchup dependent role, if you can be the weak side creator or you can only have to be the primary playmaker 30% of the time as opposed to 80% of the time whenever you're on the floor, which is pretty much what they were asking to do against the Clippers, I think that's different, you know? And he's crafty enough being a three-level scorer that certain teams might give him trouble, Phoenix possibly being one of them <laughs> with their wing yeah. depth. And the aforementioned Mikael Bridges, but man, I don't know. I, I, I just think the dude is a gamer. I think if he's playing a lot of his minutes with another creator – uh, I don't worry too much. Like I don't see any scenario that anybody is able to do anything close to him as to what the Clippers did last time around. I think that like ship has sailed, right? Like yeah. he may struggle against some teams more than others, and maybe more you know profitable against Utah than others. But I just think he's on a different level right now, and and a huge part of that is the matchup is almost nullified by who he's on the floor with. Mm. And I think. Playing with Chris Porzingis probably held him back a little bit too. Like it held back a lot of the offense the last couple of years because they had to play through him and had to figure out how to work with him. And Luca even struggled with that. And Luca can play with anybody, right? Like Luca can make anybody look good. And at times he struggled to make KP look good. Um, I looked up the minutes last year real quick. They played 59 minutes together in the Clippers series. Wow. And right, yeah. I mean, and so I don't have the the minutes together in front of me right now. I just looked up the Clippers one, but. That's not that's not a ton for a seven game series of being on the floor together. Just to further prove Jake's point there. Coming up, more with Jake Kemp on the Jalen Brunson contract. Will the Mavericks actually pony up the money? What does Rick Brunson's comments mean? All that and more. But before we do, let me tell you about Shady Rays. Where's my glasses? Shady Rays. <laughs> Isaac. I gave you your glasses. You got them. I just don't know. I don't know where yours are. But Shady Ray is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. And something you won't find anywhere else. Like, like Isaac can't find his. Isaac, if you have lost your Shady Rays, they have protection on every pair. Lost or broken protection, they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happens. So, go check out shadyrays.com, use the promo code locked on, you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. 50% off. 50 50 percentage off. Code locked on shadyrays.com. Let's take a look at that uh, ESPN piece from from Tim McMahon. So that came out 
interesting timing for it to come out, right? <laughs> With him mm. having an incredible series right now. Uh, they get lots of quotes from from Rick Brunson, who is is Brunson's dad, uh, played in the NBA. Who uh, who was the announcer on game? Was it game one or game two? Kept calling him Rick Brunson. Was it Spencer Haywood? Some one of the announcers on NBA TV kept calling Brunson <laughs> Rick Brunson the whole game. Uh, he is his dad. Uh, what do we think about how it came out? How the Mavs have handled this whole situation? What do you believe from it, Isaac? What are your thoughts on the way the Mavs have handled Brunson's whole contract situation? Um, I thought the McMahon part of the timing of the extension part, you know, you, you talk to different people and there's different, there's a couple of different stories here and there of like, okay, when they offered the extension, when, who turned down what, and you know, all of that. I thought the, the timing part of his reporting was so interesting of not just that they didn't offer it before the season, but, McMahon, correct me if I'm wrong, said in his piece that they didn't even offer it. They didn't even have it on the table in January. And that's that's kind of wild to me. Yeah, I guess my thought on it was just uh, I, I thought it was a bit muddy. And I don't think this is Tim's fault. I think it was that the source that he's it's not a, like an <laughs> unnamed source. It's the it's it's Rick. Yeah. Kind of had some I, I don't know, like questionable uh his timeline is a little bit fishy to me i do think there's a chance that if it wasn't on the table in january i do buy that that was because the mavericks actually thought that we have a better trans- a chance at trading him <laughs> if he hasn't already signed this extension and i could honestly see that being taken as a slight uh by jalen or by his dad uh so so i can see that but i mean at the end of the day though like that's just business, right? I mean, they're doing that because that you're uh, an expiring player who's improving every year and you're super cheap, right? Like, they're not going to let you go for nothing. That's just part of the business. Um, but I don't know. I, I still – I would have preferred that if Tim called Rick, that if 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 Rick would have just said, you know, now's not the time. And, and, I, really, <laughs> and I really don't think it affects Jalen at all. It's just interesting to me whenever – the public voices of one camp are so far apart. And by the way, that's not his agent. Like he still has CAA in the mix. Right. So the whole thing is just interesting to me and and ultimately probably immaterial. He's going to get paid a ton of money because he's balling out on the biggest stage and was already getting better. Whether Rick Brunson felt the need to reinforce that or not, you know, it's just, (laughs) it's just weird. The timing was just strange. It's strange when we hear from dads like this at all, right? Like you hear from Marvin Bagley's dad. <laughs> like you're like, how much do we take from that? You hear from obviously LeVar Ball had a whole situation with Lonzo at the beginning, and he's sort of tailed off here. But you start hearing from some of these guys, and you wonder how much agency is there. And then some fans say, well, we got to believe the dad because he's right there. He's more into it than anybody. Well, how much agency does Brunson actually have? What what, is, what does he feel about this? And Brunson's only real quote in this is, you know, I don't want to talk about it right like right now during this you know i want to be focused on what's in front of me i want to be focused on the playoffs and we'll talk about it after the season and so it's it's hard for me to to take any of this and say oh well brunson's gone he's at he's out of here he's gone out of this he's taken he's had the you know gordon hayward i've been disrespected and so now i'm going to go sign somewhere else because i didn't get the contract offer you know that, that was given to me i still even even through reading this my my take on it at the beginning was the Mavs through some kind of back channel said that, Hey, this is what we can offer you either through the agency or whatever. And they were like, we're not going to take that. The money, like the, the number that Dorian Finney Smith got in that extension, that's the one that they could offer him. They're like, no, we're not going to take that. And so they never made an official offer and put it together and put it on the table. Right. That, that to me has always been the way that I, I thought about this. 
Uh, now, you know, if they offered it a little bit later in the year, I don't know why they, they would have done that and done, done an offer, but it still hasn't been officially offered. So that's what I think with it. I still think that they'll, they'll pony up the money. Are we worried? And the only way that this goes bad is when I went on locked on Knicks and they've, they've been, I mean, they've just been sharks circling the water. on this, just like, just waiting for the situation to go bad. I think the only way that Brunson does leave is if Cuban gets cute with the contract or if they get, Hey, we're going to try to skimp here and skimp here. And I mean, we, we mentioned Jerry Jones and Steven Jones at the beginning of this, if they try to pull some of the things that the Cowboys have been doing with some of these contracts where they're like, Hey, we're not going to give you the top dollar. We'll try to, you know, cut corners here and there. And it, you know, rubs the player the wrong way. I, I just don't think the money part's going to be be an issue because they can't they can't replace him if they let him walk. So right. I, I think the the only thing that I'm worried about, it, or I don't mean to say worried because I think they're they're going to bring him back a, a pretty high number. But I think the only thing you got to worry about is just him like souring on the relationship somehow, and that's the only thing. But everything, anytime you talk to anybody, it's like, hey, he likes being here, and especially if you have a guy who handles the ball that likes playing with Luka Doncic then you don't want to get cute with that either because that you don't find those guys around the league that often, the uh, other point guards that want to play with Luka Doncic in the sense of a, a guy who's going to have the ball so much in his hands. So if he has good chemistry with him, he's playing dang good basketball and he's young, you don't want to play around with that. I don't think they do. I think whatever money is out there, whatever contract is out there on the table from any team, Detroit, New York, whoever it is, Dallas is just going to pay the money. Yeah, and, and then from there, they'll have to try to get creative with some of these other contracts they have, obviously. You know, we we all know who the two or three that possibly could be, you know, on the move uh, if that were to come up. But, yeah, I don't think they'll get I don't think they'll get cute with it. And, and I personally kind of find it funny when people say, well, what if he wants his own team? I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even mean anymore? You know, like most teams have two guards, like have two. You know, the, the whole like the notion of like the early 2000s or even prior, like it's the point guards team. There's one guy like that just doesn't even really exist anymore. Like most teams have a couple different, you know, guards that are going back and forth as far as, you know, being obviously it's Luca's team if we want to say that. But I just don't see any scenario where if I'm Jalen Brunson, I could squint and say I could find a better situation than this. Yeah, I, I just can't. Or if we even take a step back, like, yes, he's been great this year. He's been really good for the Mavs. Uh, he had a, you know, he's had a really good first couple of games against the the Jazz. He, is he as good as a leading guard on another team? Like, he, is he, I, I'm not saying that he's ever going to, I don't know if he's ever going to get to like even fringe all-star level. Do we see him taking another step forward and getting to that point? I don't, he could. I mean, it was just, I was hanging out with David Locke at halftime the other night and he was talking to somebody in the jazz front office about, you know, the, just comps between Brunson and Kyle Lowry. Hold on. Was it Dwayne Wade? <laughs> <laughs> no, would not reference this story if it was Wade. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> but, but he was, you know, throwing out the Kyle Lowry and that's where, I mean, that name was thrown out before when we were talking about Brunson's timeline, like months ago or years ago, and a couple years ago. And it's like, no, nah. and I didn't see it. I mean, I'll, I'll eat my words on that. I was like, man, six man a good six man maybe you know quality starter type of thing he's i mean i didn't think brunson was going to put up 40 in a playoff game so i don't i don't know i just know what i'm confident in is no matter what the number goes to dallas is going to pay it it's because you just can't let just take his name off of it you can't let the asset go so if it goes up to 25 
Dallas say, okay, like we'll go up to 25 and that's Detroit's only play to it. Right. Like you want to go to Detroit for 25 a year. Okay. Well, D- Dallas would do that probably. So, I mean, maybe there's a new is the, and the thing with the Knicks is they don't have salary caps. So they got to get, you know, they got to have Dallas play ball <laughs> with them. And I think McMahon says in that story that sources say Dallas wouldn't entertain a sign and trade for him. Gavin was like on, on locked on Knicks was like, so which of the pieces on the Knicks would interest you if it got to a sign and trade situation? And I was like, <laughs> uh, quickly and Mitchell, maybe I was like, there's really nothing on the roster. Like, I, I don't know. They wouldn't do it straight up for Randall. That's sort of been a, a disaster for them this year. I, there's nothing on that roster. We, just, we would not get close to that. No, <laughs> I mean, even RJ Barrett, like, would that be something you guys would look RJ at? RJ's good. I like RJ. But other, yeah, outside of that, why would the Knicks do that at that point? And I don't mean to be like old school guy here, like because I'm definitely not. But All Star, like being a shorthand, I mean, he's just a winning player. And I don't oh, mean yeah. like oh, he just like oh, he's, he won a bunch of games in college. I just mean like he contributes to winning in a very tangible, impactful way that doesn't always show up in a way that makes somebody an All Star. And so like mm-hmm. I don't really care that much if he ends up with like an actual All Star distinction. Because I do think he contributes to winning at the level that if that's what the all-star team was, he would be a fringe guy. <laughs> you know, but it's not, and that's fine. It doesn't matter. I mean, other than to like the fact that sometimes guys get paid on that. Uh, but <laughs> but I you know what I mean? Like I just think he's a guy who contributes to winning and he contributes to winning in the way that Isaac said that is hard to find. I mean, think of all the Kimball Walker debates we had. Yeah. Like, and just on down the line of like guards that we were like, man, I don't know, like, would they be on board with that with Luca? Like, he's gonna be so ball dominant. Well, you already have one. So just yeah. get it done. Look, it's a guy like Marcus Smart. Like I know he's better defensively than Brunson, but he's never made an All Star team. But look how much he can—he's contributing to this, you know, Boston team right now that's on fire for sure. I mean, he was just Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know if that that matters at all. Well, yeah. But yeah. You, you look to Jake's point. You look at the scoring in the first, like the for, through three games. These were the two leading scores in the NBA, I think, in the in the playoffs. And I thought Brunson's buckets were way more important and impactful than Mitchell's buckets. Right? It's I mean, all of us worship Dirk Nowitzki. He didn't average more points than everybody in the NBA, but it felt like his buckets were more impactful. Came at better times. He was a winning player than you know guys like. I don't know. I'm just, who, who should I throw shade at at this point? Tracy McGrady, right? There was throwing up a ton oh. of a, a ton of buckets for like those Magic teams, and you're like, I, I don't know if those buckets mean as much as what Dirk's doing. I mean, you could just say Donovan Mitchell for now, right? <laughs> well, yeah. So I was like, saying Donovan keep, Mitchell. Yeah, keep it to those two, yeah. and just look at how their points are coming. And yeah, I mean, I'm I don't. I hope we don't spend a ton of time with Rick Brunson topics over the over the next <laughs> couple months. I'll just put it to you that way. I hope they just yeah. get it done and they move on. I think this will be. I, I honestly do think it'll be a. It will it'll be a quick one. It will be a, you know, early morning or I forgot what the time is now. Is it six o'clock or? I say it's like afternoon now. Yeah, I think it'll be a quick one, and I think it'll be, you know, I do think the playoffs have raised the price on, on him, and I, I would not be shocked if it was a, you know, four for a hundred or you know a little over a hundred or something like that, and we're all like, oh, okay, well, we talked about it, and here we go. Bruns is back. Coming up. Is it crazy to think that this Mavericks team could really go on a run? We'll talk about that with Jake Kemp and more. But before we do that, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. They're awesome. And have you tried the puffs yet? If you've tried Built Bar already and you haven't tried the puffs, you're missing out. They're absolutely delicious. I ordered my last box that I ordered for myself, and I spend my own money on these. I absolutely do. My last box that I ordered was Churro Puff and the Brownie Batter Puff. If the Brownie Batter Puff comes back, 
it's over. It's over. You got to order that as soon as it comes out because they're already sold out right now. And they just introduced new flavors, Isaac. Oh, really? White chocolate berry granola. Mm. Chocolate peanut butter granola. Chocolate coconut granola. These new granola bars, if you want to go check them out at Built Bar, the chocolate coconut has 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only four grams of sugar. Four grams of sugar in a bar that I guarantee will taste delicious. All of them do. Check them out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your entire order. It's Built.com. Jake, are you worried at all about Cuban paying the tax? Especially Uh, for this team. No. Yeah, sounds like maybe. Well, well, so, like, the thing is, is that, you know, whenever, like, the 2011 situation first happened, you know, I I can't even remember the name of the website that used to do this. But I went back and looked, and, I mean, they were second to only the Knicks. For like a 12-year period, basically since there was a tax. They mm. paid the second most amount of luxury tax for basically all of the 2000s, up until the time when they decided not to because they thought they had an aging roster. If the impetus between not paying the tax before was because they thought they had an aging roster that would lock them into that roster, that's not the same as thinking that you have a young roster that you're locked into. Those are two different things because young players can still be traded a lot easier than older players can be traded who are locked in. (laughs) So if you feel like, oh, you know, maybe we're boxed in because Dorian's on a number, Luca's on a number, uh, Jalen's on a number, and then you get to some of those other deals and you can be a little bit, you know, fungible there and, and possibly get creative with those deals. I think if there is a scenario where the reason for not going up two to three million dollars a year on what is your second best player right now is the tax there will be a riot <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah in victory on, park yeah on, that's... on the level of the tyson chandler not coming back thing or <laughs> worse or better i mean that one to me obviously the championship was made that very emotional i actually think that was more defensible which we don't have to get into mm. right now uh just Whoa. from the standpoint just from the like standpoint season thing we can it, do <laughs> at least there was a lockout that they could point to and say we don't know <laughs> what true. the what the financial situation is this is cut and dry like you just you're not in the repeater. It'll be your first year. You just pay it and you figure it out from there because you've already figured out the hardest part, which is getting a superstar and locking him up from there. Figure it out. So, some other guys around this price point, like 21 to 24, Julius Randall, John Collins, Buddy Heald, Vooch, then Draymond, DeRozan. Kyle oh, man, Brunson like, might get 30 million. <laughs> but like, but like, <laughs> the, but like those type like Brunson. Yeah. Brunson making the same as Buddy Hield and Randall and John Collins and Brogdon. Like, I get that. Like, for I, sure. I, so, anyway, for what, sure. What we'd all riot on is if, you know, it's like first 601 or whatever it is. And it's Jalen Brunson, Detroit Pistons agreed to like a four for 80. And we're all like freaking out. And <laughs> that's when the riots would happen. That's when we'd all start driving around trying to find Brunson's number in, in, uh, in Detroit, right? <laughs> Put a chair in front of the door. And, uh, <laughs> Drive to his house. Drive yeah. to his house. Um, we were talking about Tyson Chandler earlier. He had a little tweet spree about the Mavs last night. He was tweeting about Luca. He was tweeting about the Mavs defensive clinic. Uh, Luca coming back off of that calf strain has just been. It's just been awesome to watch. He just he was toying with the Jazz at times, and even David Locke in his in his locked on Jazz like he was messing with us. Like he was messing with the, with the Jazz at times in, in Game Five. Um, Luca is taking the Mavs to, to another level. And Jake, is it wild to think that Luca could, this could be Luca's LeBron 2000, what was it? 2007 year where he like took the the Cavs to the finals in a year that 
nobody really expected. I think Nick Wright has been one of the guys that's been big on it on at least the national stage. He's like, this is the year. This is the year that Luca is going to take this team to the finals and uh, before everyone even expects it. Obviously, it's super wild <laughs> to, to even let, allow your mind to go there when you haven't won a series in a decade. Um, it's super, super wild, but I also think that the formula is there, right? They were pretty close to a top 10 team on both sides of the ball, and that's with the fact that they started, what, 16 or 17 and 18? 16 18, yeah. 16 and 18, whenever – by the way, I enjoyed that from Grant Hill last night where he's like, you know, after the start of uh, 2022 calendar year, they just, that's when they bought in. You know, that's when they knew that uh, they were buying into jail. I'm like, do you remember Charlie Brown Jr.? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, there were a lot of guys playing. I remember Brandon Knight and Isaiah Thomas on this <laughs> yeah, team, right? It's like, like, I don't think they didn't buy in before that. I think they were without a significant number of heavy I remember that Reggie guys. Bullock couldn't hit a three for the first two. There were some wild, wild Mavs fans takes in December, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. That wild was a dark ones. time for a lot of us. Uh, but, you know, uh, they they do have like for the better part of the year all of the familiar you know hallmarks of a team that can contend mm. you know you don't, they don't have a second superstar which is typically the, that's what we've conditioned ourselves into thinking that you have to have but they play team defense they have a second creator they have a third creator they have a decent enough bench uh they but, don't have any sort of internal discord you know what i mean yeah right that's did Giannis huge. did Giannis even have a second superstar last year though I, is, is Brunson on the same level as Middleton? Giannis uh, Middleton has made an all-star team, but Drew. Yeah, and and th- see, this is what I've always said: is that like your how good your one is affects how good your two needs to be, and how good your two is affects how good your three needs to be, and then that probably stops at like four because from there you're talking about you just want serviceable role players. Um, but I do think that if your one is healthy and your two is proving to be better than you thought he could be as a two. And you have a couple of other guys. And also the Bucks kind of were a refreshing uh, breath of fresh air, I guess, in that regard, right? That was a cool championship for that reason. I mean, even the Raptors, which were kind of a weird, bizarro version of that by trading for, for a guy for one <laughs> yeah, year, right. it still felt refreshing to see somebody do that. Yeah. And I honestly, I do think that like if the Mavericks find themselves like in the conference finals, I think it's going to be cool because I do think that the average NBA fan will rally around them. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, we, I was on the, um, we were on Twitch the other day with Bobby and them and, and Bobby and Kat. And we we're talking about the, just the city here locally with Dallas and just like this playoffs, this playoff run, let's say they keep on going. The, and I'm going to throw out the cringy word here the casuals will, will start <laughs> to like fall in love with the role players. And I think we could see like this playoff run could lead to, more Mavs fans viewing Dorian Finney-Smith like some of these 2011 role players that will live in infamy, you know, forever. Like we always think about, you know, some of these role players and the custodian and Deshaun Stevenson and all these guys. And it's like, I I still think there's a good portion of Mavs fans that haven't fully fallen in love with Dorian and Jalen Brunson and Reggie, you know, Reggie Bullock's newer. Yeah. So I, I'm excited for those guys. Is there a portion of us that's getting ahead of ourselves? Well, obviously getting ahead of ourselves talking yes, about finals, but getting ahead of ourselves with the Jazz. Is there anything that, that we see in this series that, you know, Isaac and I, we, you, you and I have been thinking about, okay, well, why haven't they not gone small? Like, why have they not tried any kind of different pitch they could do? Are we getting ahead of ourselves at all? Or, Jake, what were the signs that you could see that this series is like, it's it's done. The, the Mavs have this. Because it seemed like David Locke on his podcast today was resigned to that fact himself. 
Yeah, and he's very close to the team, so I would take his word for it. Where my seats were last night, I had a really good shot of Daniel House trying to take a bolted-down <laughs> chair. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that. It wasn't on TNT. It was only on uh, Bally's, but he was trying to pull the bolted-down chair up from the floor, and then when it wouldn't go, he started kicking it. Uh, and then he went down the tunnel, and that's, what, twice in three games that he's had a situation. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's hurt. You know, I mean, I know the MRI was negative, but, you know, we came into this thinking that this team is kind of falling apart qualitatively and they've shown no signs of not doing that. The only flip side thing to that counterpoint would be, you know, they really they still haven't had a game where they took their normal season amount of threes. Yeah. Right. Like they could have a game where they go like 19 for 40 from three. Yeah. Like that definitely could happen because. Their shot quality score in the last game was pretty good <laughs> for a team that scored uh, that had, what, 48 points <laughs> midway through the third <laughs> quarter. It actually was pretty good, but I also just have a really hard time with Luka being at this level thinking that there's really anything they can do to beat the Mavs twice in a row. And I will be on pins and needles if it has to go to game seven, but it's just hard for me to imagine. It's really hard for me to imagine – the way the Jazz are right now, them beating Dallas twice, you know, in the next five days. Yeah, I'm with Jake on it. If as long as Luca is stays healthy and he doesn't re-aggravate the leg, it, it's a wrap. It's over. And you know, I think once they went up, um, I think once they went up by like twenty something there, and you know, like, the game it was like fifty to thirty two or something like that. We were like, oh, okay. It's- yeah, once once they hit that, then I just remember up in the press box, we're like, all right, if they lose this series at this point, then there's some there's some problems and i don't want to go down the whole dark you know, road of what if they end up losing this series like what what happens like what, what do you do but i think it's at that point to where you, you need to take this series now and and end it there we go the maps we hope they move on they should be moving on if they haven't it's a collapse but this team has something special and we're, we're excited to see it jake thanks so much for joining us hanging out with us and uh, guys, we'll be back tomorrow with probably the crossover. We'll see if David Locke still wants to do a crossover. We'll see if he's still up for it. See if he he still has anything to say. See if he J- still Jake, what, that- when do we listen to you on the ticket, bro? We are on from noon to three. It is 96.7 FM if you're in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We also have an app called the Sports Day Talk app. We put all of our segments up in podcast form if you just search like ticket top 10. So that's, that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty easy way to do it. It's kids and their podcast, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Who knew? so Who knew? yeah, check us out if you're so inclined. And honestly, dude, I love you guys. The guy I do the show with, Dan, we both listen, you know, probably 75% of your shows. So I'm super proud of you guys. And it's very cool to see what you guys have made out of this thing. It's very, very cool. For the Thank by you. the way, for those that don't know, I should have said this off off top. Jake was the first host of this podcast. You know, when I was, I, I first like emailed David Locke when I was a definite nobody, and I was like, "Hey, I, I'll host Locked On Mavs." He's like, oh, "I already got guys," and I was like, "Oh, who are these guys going to be?" And I was like, "Oh, it was Jake Kemp and Mike Marshall." It's like, oh, "Okay, fine." And then they we, were we like, "Know these guys?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we were, they were like, "Well, now we don't want to do this," and so they they quit it. And then David went back and found my email and was like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yes, please, I'll do anything. I'm just trying to break into this business." And here we are, what like five years later. Well, I appreciate that David gave us the opportunity to do that, but like, it's not even in the same stratosphere. Like, you, what you guys do is awesome, and uh, I think it's a must listen for sure. Well, dang, well, dang, thank you. Thank there you. you go. We'll be back tomorrow, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.